We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is the Champions League show and uh, I'm delighted to uh, welcome uh, a Bundesliga writer. Uh, ben, how are you, mate? Good to see you. Steve, hi. How are you? Good stuff. Great to speak to about about Champions League tonight. Yeah, well, it's great, great to speak to uh, somebody as well who is the president of the Dortmund Fan Club London, uh, a Bundesliga writer. Uh, you also write for 442, Gulf News, uh, Brighton August, amongst other things. Uh, but being president of the Dortmund Fan Club, forgive me, Ben, you don't sound German. Um... Ja, wir können auch gerne auf Deutsch sprechen, wenn du möchtest. Ah, na, that's better. <laughs> I, hope that wasn't, I hope that wasn't an insult. Uh, but listen, great to welcome, welcome you onto the channel, mate. And uh, we've got an hour of uh, Champions League chat. Melly Barnes might be joining us. I know he's out on father duty tonight. We do either a Premier League show or a Champions League show. But uh, delighted to have you on. And uh, I guess for our viewers, learn a little bit more about what we can expect from, from your team. And uh, yeah, and have a chat about what you think about Newcastle and, and um, you know, were you scratching your head when Newcastle were in the Champions League because it's that long since we've been in it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, let's talk, yeah. let's talk, let's talk about the group. Let's talk about the group of death first. Did it seem like a group of death to you? Because, you know, you've got PSG in there. Um, you've got yourselves. Uh, we have Milan. Uh, of the AC variety, and we've got Newcastle United. And I guess maybe some of the, 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 the fans of other clubs may be looking at Newcastle and going, well, don't know a great deal about them. Maybe they, maybe that'll be the whipping boys. Or maybe they'll be looking at it going, actually, they're an unknown quantity. We'll better be careful about these boys. So what what's your feeling on the group of death? Yeah, so firstly, thanks a lot again, Steve. Really great to be on the show with you tonight and uh, to preview the Champions League tie. And uh, uh, just to clear up the German question, so uh, my my stepdad, uh, who I grew up uh, with, Erhard, he was from Dortmund. And so I, I uh, started going to the Yellow Wall when I was about 11 years old. And uh, yeah, I'm completely fluent in German and lived uh, about eight or nine years in Dortmund itself. So 
Dortmund is runs in my blood, if you like. And uh, it's always a, an honour and a pleasure to be able to talk about the greatest football league in the world, the Bundesliga. So I'm hoping that you're going to be getting out to um, Dortmund yourself and um, checking out the the uh, Westfalen Stadion, uh, uh, which is the proper name for the Borussia Dortmund Stadium, uh, otherwise known as Signal Iduna Park. Uh, but yeah, the group of death, absolutely. Well, it's been... Um, it's been astonishing so far. Um, I mean, in terms of uh, your win against PSG, um, I don't think anyone in the football world was expecting PSG to get thrashed with uh, players like Usman Dembele, which we sold on to Barca for 130 million. Um, I think, um, I mean, I've always rated Eddie Howe. I think he's an outstanding manager. He was doing wonderful work down at Port, uh, Bournemouth down there. I had the chance to interview Ryan Christie. As you mentioned, I'm a, a football writer as well, uh, the Scotland international at um, at uh, uh, Bournemouth. And I also interviewed um, Max Ahrens at Bournemouth as well, and um, who was a big buy, a £12 million buy for the club. So um, obviously they've got big backers like yourselves. And um, it's impressive to see that you've basically done the right thing by first of all, bringing on probably one of the most talented coaches and secondly, um, building up a squad, which is, you know, I mean, um, I think a lot of people expected uh, Amanda Staverley and, and the um, Middle Eastern investors to invest in international stars. Um, but I mean, in many ways, I think you've brought in some very, very sound players um, and not necessarily spent over the odds um, for what was expected. But um I think, I mean, they're, they're playing very attractive football. And I would say in terms of the group of death, you know, um, Milan and Dortmund really, really need to watch out. And PSG have already seen what's happened. So, I mean, I guess the question is, you know, how far can Newcastle United go? And, and certainly we're on a back, uh, back foot at the moment in respect of um, the, the match at St. James's Park, I would say, to be fair. Mm, it, it, I mean, look, it's it's fascinating for us. I think we we go into this competition, um, you know, basically with no trepidation, no nerves. Um, we go into it to enjoy it. Um, I'm speaking from the team's point of view. I think as well as the supporters, it's it's a challenge. It's a new challenge, and uh, and I guess the big the big issue that we all felt we might have was squad size and and also the you know the the rotation of that squad. And, and and playing in the Champions League and playing in the Premier League, going to three games a week, which is something we've never had to do, uh, you know, since and since Alan Pardew led us into the Europa. Um, it's it it is it's a different it's a different type of season for us, and we've seen it already. We've seen you know Sven Botman go out and 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 have a layoff after we'd beaten Sheffield United eight 0 away. Um, we didn't expect it. We we were then all expecting to struggle a little bit, but Jamal Lascelles has come in and done an admirable job in in some pretty tough games. PSG at home, Man City at home, and the Carabao Cup. Uh, but I think there's you know for us the expectation is probably more in the Premier League after what we did last year. There is no expectation in the Champions League. I think this season, I think we almost feel like we've got a not a buy as such, but we just feel like we're just going to go and enjoy it, Ben. If that makes sense. Absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, um, uh, we uh, we applied for tickets within uh, 30 seconds of the uh, link going up live on the Dortmund website, and they were all gone within within a minute or, or less. I mean, we didn't. Uh, we only got a couple of tickets, and um, 
uh, was it a couple of years back when it was Tottenham Hotspurs, we ended up getting 55 tickets. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think you've got an idea about how excited um, Dortmund uh, fans, German fans are about going to St. James's Park. There's something very iconic about St. James's Park. Um, it's one of the old... Uh, I mean, from a German perspective, you know, German fans, Bundesliga fans, they really love English football um, and um, they love visiting um, traditional grounds like uh, like St. James's Park. And uh, I'm just trying to figure out whether it is still called St. James's Park. I'm hoping it is. I'm that it is. Yeah. It is, yeah. Unfortunately, our previous owner, Mr. Mike yeah. Ashley, uh, yes. did go for a, a rather uh, unique uh, name for the ground, the Sports Direct Arena, named after his company. Uh, but luckily, um, with the new ownership, we managed to change that back. The only problem was that on Google Maps for a while, it was still known as the Sports Direct Arena, much to our annoyance <laughs> as a fan base. But yeah, it's been, um, it's been you know, it, we always called it St. James's Park and, and it, he didn't get his way but yeah it is called St. James's Park that's nice absolutely well I mean um, you know um, you are one of the iconic English football clubs and as I said I mean I remember we went back in with the fan club um, we, we travelled up to Liverpool uh, we had a, a friendly match against the Liverpool fans um, uh, back in 2017 and, and then afterwards we travelled together up on the coach up to Liverpool to uh, watch the quarterfinal of the Europa League uh, about 30 of Dortmund fans and about 70 uh, Liverpool fans. And um, there was no problems at all. I mean, it was just a very good atmosphere. And and as I said, I mean, the Bundesliga fans are just really always uh, impressed to go to see these old English grounds. And uh, Eng England is still regarded very much as the home of football for, for German fans. And, um, you know... Um, it's it's still a really exciting thing to come over and 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 they've always come over in very large numbers to watch um when we played at arsenal in the champions league when we played at tottenham and so on manchester city last season um so i think you can probably expect probably uh about uh 4000 maybe 4000 or so dortmund fans um i'm not quite sure what the allocation is presently i think it might be 8% of the ground is that right yeah, it is. Yeah, something along those lines. I think it's 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 taking a little bit of getting used to for us. We've just had notification today because obviously there's a huge demand, as you can imagine, uh, for for Newcastle fans to get Absolutely. to Dortmund. Uh, we have put an application in uh, apparently for additional tickets, and it's been rejected by Dortmund. So Newcastle a bit disappointed, and uh, and we've all been watching the tickets. You know the the ticket um, countdown, if you like, on our website. It, We've got it. We've got a terrible website at the football club. It's something which we speak about on here quite a lot, and it, it, it's and, and the way that they're now balloting tickets and stuff. It it's it, it's just been an absolute nightmare, you know. It, it really has. And Charlie Bennett put something out on Twitter today saying that um, I've been told nine hundred Borussia Dortmund away tickets, roughly a quarter of the allocation, were reserved for corporate partners. Uh, there are whispers about another 2,000 tickets being given to Newcastle doing the rounds, but the club have yet to confirm. Well, the supporters club have come out today and said that that is highly unlikely now. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But yeah, from, from my perspective, uh, there'll never be enough tickets, certainly for this first time back in the Champions League, Ben. Do you know what? Um, you're going to absolutely love it in Dortmund. I mean, it's the same thing. Um, I mean, I guess you know the Dortmund legend, the legendary Dortmund situation. Um, it's yeah, all right. Yeah. Hi, Melly. Welcome. Hello, lads. Sorry I'm late. Don't worry, mate. Don't worry. Go on, Ben. <clears throat> yeah, nice one. How, how are you doing, mate? I'm very good. good thank you. Fantastic. Yeah, I was just Hope saying. You are too, mate. 
I was up at Old Trafford for the Wolves game. Fantastic ground, absolutely fantastic. Um, you like the end or Wolves end? <laughs> we'll get we'll get we'll get round to that one in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, answers me question. Steve, um, yeah, the ticket allocation is always a big issue. I mean, I think firstly, Dortmund has uh, um, 81,000 capacity. That's the first thing. So um, that's 8%. So you're looking probably about, if my maths isn't completely wrong, it's about six, 7,000, something like that. So you'll be, you'll be getting quite a lot of tickets there. You'll be in the Nord Tribuna, which is the north end, uh, direct diagonally opposite the uh, Zoo Tribuna, which is the 26,000 Borussia Dortmund stand, what's known as the Yellow Wall. Um, and uh, basically, you've got like a section where um, where you are, which generally tends to be in the corner. And then all around you, you've got um, kind of neutral to, to Dortmund fans, basically. But there isn't hardly such a thing as neutral fans in the Zignal, in the Borussia Dortmund stadium. I mean, the place is absolutely cooking, cooking, cooking. It's mad. Uh, and you're really going to find the whole, you know, it's just going to be an absolutely fantastic experience. And this is what Champions League's nights are about, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, it's about the away travel. It's about seeing a new place going to visit iconic clubs and and you don't get very much more iconic clubs than um, Newcastle and uh, Borussia Dortmund, uh, working men's clubs, real working men's clubs. Um, Man United, of course, are not bad either, though. Yeah, I mean, well, they're they're getting like a working man's club, uh, Ben. They've got uh, they've got holes in the roof. It's it's the it's not called the Theatre of Dreams anymore. Apparently, it's called the Theatre of Streams. <laughs> it wasn't bad when I was up there. I can tell you that, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a sunny day. I bet, Ben. Um, but yeah, we'll come we'll come to Manchester United in a minute, Melly, because I do know there's a lot of people chomping at the bit to have a little chat oh, with you. I can see. There. As you can see, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom Dixon asks a question for you, Ben. He says, what is the atmosphere like at Dortmund? Uh, and are you excited to see the war flags display at Newcastle United? Um, well, what's the atmosphere like? Um, it's it's every bit what you imagine, basically. I mean, what you've seen from all the videos and... Um, you know, uh, some of which I've done um, on, um, on 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 YouTube and so on. I mean, it's um, I've been going since I was about twelve years old, so that's a, a long time. I have to be very honest with you, <laughs> more than thirty years, and um, it's 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 a it's a it's a mind blowing experience every single time. I mean, when I started going to Dortmund, um, they were pretty average to to crap basically. And like Newcastle United, we've been through different sort of eras and so on, and um, uh, some of which we, you know, experienced a lot of pain and um, almost went down. And in fact, in 1972, we did go down and then bounced back in 76. So but we've been up, thankfully, since then and almost went down in 80, 86. So we've had different eras and uh, obviously the success has been there since the 1990s and thank God for it. But um you know what Dortmund basically has is is it's a very working class city. There's not loads of money around, but they have an incredibly loyal fan base uh, and an incredibly loyal kind of base of companies around the area, around the region that want to support Dortmund and that give them all the money and help that they possibly can within their means. But it's a former industrial area. It's steel. It's coal mining, um, and what's left of that industry basically. Um, and um, uh, a reasonably high level of unemployment and, and kind of a bit of an industrial backwater, if you like. It's not the most glamorous city, but I think that's what makes it very genuine and, 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 and interesting. And 
you know, when you get out to Dortmund, you'll find that people are very down to earth. They're very straightforward. They've got 30 breweries in the city. Nice. So there's a lot of very, very, very good beer, uh, obviously all of which is brewed according to the Reinheitsgebot, uh, which means purity, purity of beer. So good, solid uh, German beer, which is uh, basically, you know, worth the, worth the travel for in itself. And um, you can have a beer on the stands in the stadium. You can have a beer while you're watching wow. the game. And what's more, you can even have a smoke as well. So um, it's a lot more wow. relaxed on, on, on the yellow wall. It's a lot more relaxed in, in German football grounds. Um, and, um, and it's also very good value for money. I mean, our tickets are about half of what you're paying. Um, so, uh, or what we are paying to St. James's. The atmosphere, it's, it's a, a working class football experience. People are well up for it. It's their, it's their, it's their, it's their, it's where they let their hair down. They, they, they really, uh, it's hard to describe, but um, I've been out to Seville um, and uh, I watched Seville in the Champions League last year against Dortmund. We hammered them 4-1. It was an amazing experience. Um, and I've also been to Barcelona and, and other grounds. And, uh, I think Dortmund is, for me, is the most passionate football um, I've, I've ever experienced. So I think you'll be blown away, to be fair. Um, I think you'll be blown away. Ben, it, it sounds like everything that I want, um, not just Manchester United, <clears throat> but English clubs to be like, mate. You know, like working class, the price of tickets, they're not price, it's for the fans. Um, yeah. it, it sounds absolutely amazing. It seems like these are just all together as one, you know, like and like you say, a weekend you come together, you let your hair down, have a drink and a smoke in the stands if you want to. It's just honestly, mate, I've got um the hairs are standing up on my arms and stuff. It, it really does, honestly, just just for your explanation there. It, it sounds yeah. absolutely amazing, I'm sure, Stephen Chris. Yeah, hundred percent. It sounds fantastic, and I mean, you know, lots of people booked up already. Um, you know, there's a. I was having a chat with somebody today who's who's um, chartered a jet. Uh, we'll be making some kind of announcement about that soon, which is going to fly straight to Dortmund. I know there's there's lots of people going to Dusseldorf, of course. Uh, lots of Athletes in pet uh, fans are going to try and find the hut, Ben. Um, and try to find the bar that uh, Oz Neville and uh, the lads used to drink in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I'll that's try and what find that's, it for you. That's what you. That, that's what. That's what it's all about. You know, the say the Champions League games, especially European games. It's about going away and sampling the other cultures and being, you know, being able to go out and enjoy stuff. Is there a is there a particular area that Newcastle fans will be sent to? I mean, obviously that's that. You know, I've noticed that Newcastle United supporters club and uh, the trust are putting out various areas. There'll be an area that's reserved for Newcastle fans, I presume. Do you know what? I was just going to say, Roger, when I was up at uh, my first ever match at Old Trafford um, on, against Wolves, I took a couple of guys up there uh, from, they were um, visiting, uh, visiting um, uh, academics from Africa and they were mad up for going for Old Trafford because they're just massive, massive Man U fans. There's some crazy Man U fans out, out in places like Africa and they just, literally, it was like a dream come true. They were like, oh, we're coming over for a conference. And I was like, well, What's your favourite football team? And they were like, "Let's, <laughs> we want to go to Old Trafford. And I wrote to the foundation and they gave us four tickets. And I was absolutely blown away uh, about with the hospitality at Man United. So to be honest with you, 
Yeah, we are, Dortmund is a fantastic stadium, Westfalen Stadion, and it's a real football city. It's a real working class football city. And um, the tickets are very fairly priced. The beer is fairly priced and the atmosphere is cooking. So I think, you know, you won't be disappointed at all. But um, I was I was impressed with Old Trafford as well. There's a lot of football history there, much as there is at, uh, at St. James's. And obviously, you know, very excited to go up to see Newcastle as well. I remember it from... Um, the days of Peter Beardsley and even going back as far as Kevin Keegan as a player, not just, <laughs> not just as a manager. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. Um, in terms of um, Dusseldorf, yeah, you can fly to Dusseldorf, Cologne um, and also Dortmund itself. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's always an experience when you get there at, at Dortmund Airport and, and, and the customs officers are always like, oh, you're coming over for the game, are you? And it's just like... You know, it, it's a little city, but it's a city that lives football. It's just incredible. Um, but um, in terms of areas, well, I mean, to be fair, you know, the Nord Tribuna, which is, as I said, is the stand where the away fans go. That's where you'll be. Um, and in terms of the city, I think, to be honest, um, what we've always seen over the years when the, the hoops came over, Celtic, they've come over a couple of times. Um, and uh, also, as I said, the Man City fans last season, uh, is that they tend to go to the Alta Markt, which is like the marketplace in the square. Um, and um, <clears throat> there's a pub there called Venkers. Uh, if you go in and have a look on the right-hand side, you'll see a, a, a Japan international shirt, which was Shinji Kagawa's, which I donated to the bar as well, lads. So, <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, there has been a, a friendly that you played uh, this season as well. Uh, ben, if I, if I remember rightly, it was in July um, and the score was Manchester United 2, Borussia Dortmund 3. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we that did. That's my B team. Uh, hold on, Nelly. <laughs> hold on. Uh, Lindelof. Oh, he's got the stats. Look at him. Maguire, Casemiro, <laughs> uh, McTominay, Ericsson. Uh, yeah, there's a few players in there. Sancho. Um, yeah, a few players there who, and, and then obviously, how many of them like, start? You had Anana, your star goalkeeper came there, that, That's uh, why we got beat free too. Then <laughs> Fernand, Fernandez, Rashford, they all played the pod. It was a typical friendly, but yeah, I mean, uh, a good result there, Ben. A good result for Dortmund. Yeah, I think we beat them in um, in the ICC Cup in China um, two seasons ago as well. Um, but um, to be fair, we also beat Manchester City. So <laughs> dare I say that, Roger? Dare I say the word Man City? <laughs> yeah, Melly, Man City. Uh, it's, uh, okay, Mike Stewart asks a question. Move on. You, who do you think will make it out of the group then, Ben? Um, well, obviously, as a Borussia Dortmund uh, fan, and, and uh, I mean, for me, it's all about Bundesliga. I mean, I write about Bundesliga every single day, and um, I also host the um, Borussia, the Dortmund Fan Club London podcast as well. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm always thinking black and yellow, black and yellow. But at the end of the day, I have to be quite realistic and say that um, we would normally be expecting PSG to be right up there and Dortmund perhaps in second place. Um, but I think it's between us and Newcastle United at the end of the day, to be honest. Um, I, I, I really can't see um, much beyond that. And uh, yeah, it's between between us and yourselves. And I think it very much this tie away at St. James's and also your tie in Dortmund are very, very decisive. And if we can pick up a point in Newcastle and 
couple of points in uh, in Dortmund, uh, well, three points in Dortmund, then I think we've got a good chance. But um, we haven't done ourselves any favours so far. Yeah, it's early days. Newcastle fans aren't getting carried away. Four points out the first two games. Uh, Milan, we were lucky. PSG, we deserved it. Um, I think you know there's a lot, there's a lot of football still to be played, and uh, Newcastle and Eddie Howe certainly won't be taking uh, anything for granted. That is, uh, that is for certain. Um, as always, get your comments in. If you've got any questions uh, for Ben, that would be great. Alan Thompson, good evening. He says, Ben, welcome with Dortmund being firm favourites to win at St James's Park, as most fans outside the area think we will lose. As a Dortmund fan, how do you see that particular game going? Well, look, I mean, if you haven't seen the yellow wall before, you're going to see um, 4,000 Dortmund fans plus uh, whatever else can get into the ground. And the tickets have been incredibly expensive and hard to get hold of. Um, pumping it out for an, an hour and a half solidly. Um, banners uh flags scarves singing drums if they're allowed into the ground um and they do make a big difference the traveling fans do make a very big difference they're loud they're proud and they're very very um uh effective in getting the team motivated but i think the problem is that um the the team They've always got the ability to surprise, but in this season, we are basically missing Jude Bellingham a lot. And I mean, you know, guys, I mean, when Jaden Sancho moved on to Manchester United, um, it was a big, big loss for the club. And likewise, losing um, Jude Bellingham has been a massive loss to the club. And so there is a bit of a, a problem at the moment, I would say, in, in the centre of midfield with Julian Brandt, the Germany international, is trying to fill very bravely outstanding player outstanding young player but uh, you know at the end of the day we really need um, Felix Nemecha who they bought in from Wolfsburg to um, to start to help to fill that gap in the in the centre of midfield and also I think the other issue is that um, in terms of defensive midfield as well it also depends on what kind of form our current captain um, former Liverpool player Emre Can is in so um, I think what you can find generally and is that we've got a very solid back line, um, an outstanding goalkeeper, which obviously uh, a lot of clubs in the Premier League, including Chelsea, have been looking at Gregor Kobel, the Swiss international. Um, and um, it very much depends on the form that Adeyemi is in, uh, um, the um, Germany international young striker, 21 years old. Um, Yusuf Omokoku, um, who has been an incredible talent at Borussia Dortmund and many expected to be um, one of Dortmund's um, legendary strikers. He's, he's now only 18 years old. He's literally scored five goals for Germany under 21s in the past week. So it's pretty clear that Mukoku um, is going in in good form. But um, I think... Sebastian Haller, um, our main striker, who you probably remember from West Ham United, uh, who was fairly average, to be honest, at West Ham. I think he's having a very bad season so yeah. far. I mean, it's early days. I think we're eight eight games into the season and he's having a pretty bad season so far. Um, Daniel Marlin, again, the other striker, he's pretty decent. But um, it, it, he's very much... He, from form from game to game, it kind of very much depends on his form. So it, it's very very hard to say which Dortmund you're going to see. Basically, um, you know, 
it, it, football, as you know, is a, is a highly analytical game. And um, certainly Edin Terzic, who knows the Premier League pretty well, um, he was the assistant manager um, at uh, with Eagle, with um, at West Ham United um, and uh, for a couple of years. And uh, he certainly knows the Premier League pretty well. So I, I think we'll be well prepared for this game. But at the end of the day, um, that PSG game is... That that really, I think, has put us on a back foot for the moment. So <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're expecting too too much from from the game. To be fair, but a point we'd certainly be very very happy with. Yeah, I mean, you've seen both teams, um, Melly. You watch a bit of football. You don't just watch Manchester United. Um, you know, you you probably watched the friendly. I would imagine uh, it's difficult to judge from friendlies. But Dortmund and and, and German teams in general. How do you think Newcastle's going to cope with that? I, I just have a feeling that. It's going to be very. It's going to be very much like a Premier League game against against Dortmund for Newcastle, and I think Newcastle prepare correctly and prepare properly for this. I think they've got a. I think they've got a good chance of getting you know at least three points at home and, and hopefully then going away and, and getting something across there. I, I do think it's going to be very similar. What What's your thoughts, Mel? Well, if I'm being totally honest, mate, I think it'll. Um, you'll both win your home games. That's how I think mm. it's going to go. On. Mm -hmm. I think you'll beat them at St James's and they'll beat you in, at their home ground. Um, which isn't a bad result for you both, really, if um, Milan and PSG draw their two games because um, going back to what Ben just said there, initially when the groups come out, everybody's seen it as the group of death. Uh, I spoke to quite a few Newcastle fans and I said, well, Dortmund's your, your main concern there. Um PSG playing a Farmers League and they've lost the main players, the left one player. So, you know, if you did exactly what you need to do, you beat them at home and then I think you'll get the PSG and you're quite capable of uh, grabbing a draw there. The, the atmosphere will be nothing like it is in Dortmund. But I, I think he's will both, both qualify, I think. And I think you will beat them at St James's and Dortmund will beat you at Dortmund. Uh, big thanks to Ian as well. He sent four ninety nine to Melly uh, so we can drown his sorrows um, in with our spoons. <laughs> well, I, before we go to the ads, just a quick a quick one on Sheikh Jazim. I told you it was a fake. I told you he was a fake Sheikh. He wasn't going to bid for, for Manchester United. He's pulled out. He's dropped you in it. You're left with Sir Jim Ratcliffe now, who's going to take, if if that's if the Glazers allow it, 25% of your club. Um, I'm loving that. Is it doom and gloom? Is it doom and gloom, Melly? It's, it is. It's, it is. It's complete doom and gloom. I mean, how can possibly the most greediest people in the world, the Glazers, allow somebody to come in with, say, one point however much billion for 25%? These are the greediest people in the world. They aren't going to allow uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe to come in and dictate, like, if a player's playing well, um, like, to sell them or not to sell them, or who to spend the money on. I just don't know how it's going to work, mate. I, 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 I don't get it. She just him, mate. I think he put the bid in. Um, I think his money was there, you know, like he wasn't he wasn't clowning about. But you know, the, the guy's a multi-billionaire. They're nearly are the royalty in the in their own country, and they're getting pissed about off uh, sorry for swearing, off a few knackers from America. How how much can you take? Do you know what I mean? In the end, I think they just went, right, that's enough, we're out. And the, and, the, and it proved in the share you think, say the share price yesterday. Yeah, I think dropped by ten percent. Seventeen in the end, like mm. that's the most that it's ever dropped, and literally lost six hundred and fifty million just by him pulling out. 
and I've said this on Twitter, and I said it to me father in law, and anybody who'll listen to this, and I don't have the thing that I'm just, you know, over exaggerating or something, but I would quite happily drop down into the championship with Manchester United this season if it meant getting rid of them and starting out again. Because I tell wow. you what, these are going nowhere, anywhere soon, and we need them out of the club. Look, Manchester United, as much as you, you know, you're saying that your friends came over and they wanted to see Manchester United, they're a massive part of football. Without Manchester United, whichever way you look at it, like football wouldn't be what it is. And you know, like people will probably be screaming at the monitors and TVs now, saying, "Are you crazy?" But it's true. You know, your big clubs, you know, will bring a lot of um, will bring a lot of tourists. People will love that. Um, and people people just love Manchester United Football Club and it's sad that it's it's been you know it's gone the way that it's gone through greedy people because ultimately like Ben said before this is the fans game and unfortunately money's come in and it's it's taking over football clubs and the greed's getting the better of them and they're literally they're dying on their feet you know if you start losing clubs because people will get sick of showing so much loyalty and getting absolutely nothing back um and it's not just happening worse it's happening at quite a few clubs and it's just a sad day you know like rain coming in on a roof it would probably cost you a few hundred quid to fix it you know it's, it's just shocking it shouldn't it shouldn't be happening man it shouldn't be happening it's i'm devastated that he's pulled out i know there's a lot of united fans that didn't want this kind of money um but they'll probably be seeing that while typing on that iPhone or that Samsung and then jumping into that car. You know, like, Steve, it is what it is. Yeah, jump in, mate. Jump in, Ben. I'll, I'll put the adverts back uh, five minutes because I, I do want your response on this. What what you feel watching Manchester United, who are one of the biggest club, if not the biggest club in the world um, and have been for many years, they are now entering a, a period or have ended a period of discontent. And I've never seen Manchester United fans have a meltdown like this. This is this is like a Newcastle United meltdown under Mike Ashley. Um, fans aren't happy. Melly's not happy. He's been a he's been a, a season ticket holder at Manchester United, traveling from the northeast for 30 years. And and he now is in a position where we were under Mike Ashley. What what's your take? So so looking at it from a Bundesliga perspective, so um most, including Borussia Dortmund, most of the clubs in Germany are fan-owned, member-owned, like in South America and Spain, basically. So, for example, take Freiburg, who are in the Champions League this season. They're 100% fan-owned. Um, and that, and we, we at Dortmund, um, I'm a member of the club. I've been a member for more than 10 years. And um, basically, we pay £70 a year equivalent, and we basically get to attend the annual general meeting we get to vote on all the important issues including voting the board of directors in and out for example uh, two wow. years ago we had to decide whether we'd have a woman's a women's team uh, which was a new thing for the club uh, which was voted in we've now got two women's teams but um at the end of the day there's a sense of real democracy uh, in in german clubs and um that's basically uh, last year we entered a, uh, we brought in a code of conduct for um, for the club itself, basically a, a code of um, values that we wanted the club to um, uphold, including never changing the badge, never changing the colours, 
um, never moving from the uh, from the stadium, from the Westfalen Stadion, never moving from Dortmund as a location. So something like MK Dons couldn't actually happen in the Bundesliga. But also we locked in the ticket prices as well so that there would be a ceiling for ticket prices going forward for the next 10 years. And those are the kind of things which make you feel like it's a democracy or like you have a, a real say, a stake in it. It's not just a business that can be moved around or shipped around, but it's a club which is rooted in the community, which we have our share in as share as 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 members, as card holding members. Um, not even season ticket. I do have a season ticket, but it's that it's not so much about that. It's about it's about having a, a say in the club and how the club is run, basically. Um, and 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 we have 180,000 members, which is uh, after Bayern München, we're the second most um, and the second largest member um, member base of any football club in Germany. And um, it's you know a good amount of money comes together through the memberships which gives them the club the money to basically run the ship efficiently and um and to know that they've got not just 51,000 season tickets sold every season you can't get a season ticket for love or money um but it's also that membership base and also as i said the corporate uh, the very large base of small to medium sized companies um you know um which companies of up to 250 employees, SMEs, the traditional small businesses that support Dortmund, of which Dortmund has about a thousand companies, which are just little companies, some of them very small, who support the company, who support the the, the, the club. So I would say that um, when you're a Bundesliga fan or, or a Bundesliga writer, someone who's basically interested in German football, you look on to more than 60% of the British clubs, English clubs. I mean, I'm based in England, obviously, in Portsmouth. And you say, how is it possible that um, the people's game, you know, the traditional working man's football, that these big football clubs could basically be moved from one investor to the other and just simply moved around? And um, it, it doesn't make any sense for us because how it occurs as a Bundesliga fan is, English fans are more customers rather than actual fans. Fans. Yeah, I think that's how I would summarise it. We feel like we're part of the club, whereas I feel that in some ways you're more like customers in a way. Um, I don't. It's not. It's not any disrespect to English fans, but I just feel that that is the key difference because we pay little for our, our season tickets are like three hundred pounds a year, which you contrast that with Fulham or Arsenal, which are like, you know, up to £2,000. I think the average in the Premier League is about £1,900, £800, £900, something like that. But it's still so much, very, very much more than here in England. So we feel that you're basically paying through the nose for elite players, which makes the Premier League the NBA of, of world soccer, world football, basically. And uh, it's thrilling to watch it. I mean, I'm happy to, to watch it, the Premier League, but I... I'm definitely more of a Bundesliga fan simply because I feel I have more of a stake in it. I feel I have more of a, a personal, you know, stake in it by being a club member. That, that's that's it. That's it. So so I look on the situation at Man United with uh, uh, intrepidation, worry, and concern, and, and a hope that the Bundesliga will never go that way. To be honest, yeah. As, as much as I'm I'm Sorry, can I can I just say, Steve? I've seen a couple of comments coming along the bottom there, and they're on about the Glazers and the money and the back and every manager that they get. Like these people need to realise that Manchester United 
they they earn quite a lot of money in revenue every year and that money is what is spent on these players these shirt signings should we say you know shirt sellers um i've put more money into Manchester united than the glazers ever had that actually bought the club on a, a loan which shouldn't be allowed um so yeah look it might look like they're supporting the manager and we're spending billions but ultimately we're not we are but they aren't should i say um so look i'm not totally against sir jim ratcliffe and it's not all about money i'd rather just have everything working right whereas like you can lie years with um telephone staff and you get to the ground you tread like a fan and not cheap you know uh, that, that kind of thing matters to me. Do you know what I mean? And then the rest will fall into place because at the minute it's rotten at the top and it's falling down into uh, the pitch. And even in the fan base, we're totally split. They're, they're splitting the fans. You know, they've got arguing amongst each other, which is a bit like what every you know, like governments do it. Everybody does it, but it shouldn't happen in football because this is our game. It's not theirs. It's not you know. But unfortunately, business has took over. Money's took over the world. And the Premier League is probably the most watched league in the world. So this is what they're targeting. They're all targeting the Premier League. And it's only going to get worse. Like we said the other week, Steve, you know, they don't, yeah. they don't want likes of me and you here. They want... Oh, they're trying to gentrify the game already with ticket tickets, uh -huh. ticket checks and stuff like that. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It really is. And, um, you know, it's it's not a pleasant situation in, in, in England. They are trying to change things. Mm -hmm. And... Um, they're not changing it for the better. Uh, got to move on. We've only got twenty minutes yep. left. Eddie, Eddie, right. Eddie sorry though. Just go on then. Just, just quickly. Martin Gallon there. Who tell you that Melly's been gone for thirty years, right? So I don't know if you can see this. Can you? You see little yeah. Melly there. Yeah. Manchester United, Elton Reds, age twelve. Ah, uh, <laughs> proofs in the go. pudding, Martin. I'm not a glory hunter like you. You've already just started sporting Newcastle since you got the Champions League one. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Eddie says, uh, we're planning a family holiday in Germany for the Euros next year, Ben. Are the grounds family-orientated? Apologies yeah. for moving away from the Champions League. No, absolutely. I, I, I share your tears, Belly. Um, I completely, um, you know, uh, Manu is a classic uh, English football club, but deserved to be up there. And um, I have to say, the Germans were not that impressed with Ralph Rangnick getting shafted like that. But you <laughs> 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 do realise that he's the doyen. He's the, he's the, uh, he's the legendary... Uh, uh, <laughs> well, everybody called him, and he turned out he was right. You, you had a you had a big man there. You had a very big man there. Um, but um, yeah, look, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you, English football is bringing in a regulator now, and um, next season, um, I, I, I got to um, talk. I got, I got to give my little five pence worth to the DCMS um, inquiry about that, and talk about the Bundesliga and the values of the Bundesliga. Uh, and um, it, it's a very different scenario. It's a very different situation. It's quite quite similar, more similar, I would say, to um, English football in the 1990s and so on, um, early 90s before Sky, perhaps before the Premier League, I would say, in some ways. Um, and I think, I mean, money makes the world go round, as they say. And, and, and to be fair, I mean, I think that the, I think the Americans um, have done an incredible job of professionalising sports and... Um, also widening access and also the merchandise in the States is incredible. I went over to watch an NBA game not too long ago between the Miami Trail, uh, the uh, Miami Heat and the Portland Trailblazers and the whole experience 
um, is getting more similar to to what you're seeing now at clubs like Tottenham Hotspurs and so on in terms of just an incredible atmosphere in the stadium and also, um, and sorry, uh, incredible sort of all-round experience of good food, good beers and so on. But I think the problem is, as somebody, for example, here, I, I go to Fratton Park at Pompey, Portsmouth FC, and any of you guys that have been to Pompey, you know it's an old-fashioned English working-class yeah. football club and it's the stadium's right there in the middle of the terraced houses and, uh, you know, the, the performances are not always that great, but there's a real sense of tradition at the, at the ground and it, it's that kind of thing, I think, that, um, that makes German fans... Um, look up to English football is tradition and that working class kind of thing. And, um, you know, none of us can write off the fact that in the 1980s um, there was a lot of crowd trouble. You know, there was a lot of things that happened that um, put people off football and risked endangering our game in this country. And so I think in some ways the evolution of the English game and the English stadium atmosphere has been a natural process and almost because... At the end of the day, you know, it has to be a, a safe environment for everyone. And um, so I do understand in some ways what has happened. But at the same note, I think that bringing in the standing terraces at Shrewsbury Town or at Celtic and so on is also a very important innovation for the English game and also one of trust as well, where basically the, the um, you know, we're being trusted again to stand and, and to sing and, and, and to, to create our classic kind of football atmosphere. But, you know, I have to tell you, Melly, that when I was at Manchester United at Old Trafford, I saw these kind of legion armies of stewards that would sort of stand up, stand down. You know, we were in the front row um, because we got tickets from the foundation. But, you know, they were just kind of like in your face the whole time. There was just like stewards, armies of them dressed in these like orange jackets, like absolutely everywhere. And you don't see that really in German football so much. So basically, it's a very controlled atmosphere. Coming back to the question, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. So the question that was asked about whether it's family friendly. Ironically, as although German football is much more free in terms of the experience, people are having drinks and there's even guys walking around on the stand selling beers to the people in the crowd. He's got a big sort of uh, a, a metal container on his back and he's filling you up and, you know, he's going around and, and the beer isn't expensive. I mean, you can have a beer for about, um, you know, three, three pounds. So it's not expensive either. But the thing, I think one of the things about German football is people tend to eat a lot of food. <laughs> so you're basically you're having some food, you're having some bratwurst, sausage or currywurst, pommes, chips, you know, having having your beers and stuff. And the really good thing about it is that it's not expensive. It's a very kind of, yeah, it is exactly that. It's a family oriented kind of experience. And Dortmund in particular, you get older people, you get younger people, you'll get, you know, disabled people, you get people who are well off because you're not paying that much for the tickets. So at the end of the day, yes, I would say it's an entirely uh, family-oriented sort of experience. But on the same note, it's also a highly, highly passionate one as well, where basically the fans are in the fan section, the ultra section. You will experience a ferocity of support, which uh, is second to none in the world, I would say. So Bundesliga has it all, and that's why I love it, basically. It's not expensive, and it's just a really, really good experience all round. So in terms of the Euros... I was at World Cup 2006 in Germany, like many of us probably, uh, supporting the Three Lions. Had a great time and Germany displayed itself in its best possible way. Very hospitable. 
and uh, a really, really, really good experience. And um, although the German team wasn't that good, <laughs> I can't remember the England team being that good either. I think, to be fair, that England will probably do quite well and your your, uh, your listener there is going to have a very, very good time. So, yeah, if he wants to, um, if he wants any tips as to where to stay, what to do, get get on to me and I'll see how I can help. Get on to the Dortmund Fan Club London. Yeah, on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, when will we ever stop seeing that? Um, yeah, lots of qu- lots of comments, lots of questions coming in. Tom says you're going to have a lot of stairs to climb when you come to St James's Park. The aware the way end is in the gods, which you uh, you are right. Uh, Andy asks a question. He says, if Ben could have any player from the Newcastle United squad, who would he choose? Well, I wouldn't choose Loris Carius. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I actually admire Nick Pope when he was at Burnley. He was, he was, I went to watch Burnley at, um, at Carrow Road last season, but no, jokes aside, um, I think um, probably Al- Almiron. Almiron is a very good player. Um, mm. Miguel Almiron, I think. Um, we certainly, I mean, uh, Alex Isak uh, wasn't actually that good at Borussia Dortmund. And from our perspective, we thought that you rather overpaid for him. So um, I'm really glad to see that he's scoring. He's got eight goals so far this season. But I think um, personally, pound for pound, I think Miguel Almiron is probably um, is probably the player that I admire the most myself. Mm. Is there a particular? I mean, I've never asked you this, Melly. Is there a player in Newcastle squad that you would like at Manchester United? Um, probably. I would have took Kieran Trippier before you went here, but now I think Bruno or Joe Linton in the middle. Um, hmm. I just think they both offer totally different things, but on their day they're unplayable. Um, haven't seen enough of Tenali to comment on him yet, but yeah. <laughs> probably won't see much of him for the next few months either. It looks as if he's going to uh, looks as if he's going to get a ban of some description anyway, which isn't great. Yeah, I tell you what though, I watched Gordon when um, Everton came to United, and he absolutely tore us apart. And then when yeah. he came to use, you know, at the end of his Everton career, beginning of his Newcastle career, he, he looked a different player. And I think he was down on confidence. But you see him all over. He's, he's normally in Ashton, Morpeth. He's mixing with the locals. He had a good summer there with England under twenty ones, and mm-hmm. he's just hit the ground running. You know, and if he keeps that form up, me, I think you've got a hell of a player on your hands, like. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, ben, uh, did you did you catch the coverage of the uh, the knife attack on the Newcastle supporter in Milan? Uh, Stu Mag saying your lads need to stay safe when you're out there. Yeah, I was just going to say that Joe Linton's well known in Dort- in Germany because he played at Hoffenheim from 15 to 19 uh, as Alex Isak also. But another player and, I and Fabian Scher, Fabian Scher and uh, Joe Linton were, were teammates at Hoffenheim. Yeah. But um, another player I admire is Sean Longstaff as well. I think he's also pound for pound an outstanding footballer and uh, he deserves to do very well indeed. And um, a knife attack. Well, look, I mean, at the end of the day, um, German football is not unknown for controversy. Um, you don't very often see uh, the kind of sad thing that we saw yesterday happening in uh, the Sweden game, um, which, you know, our thoughts obviously go out to the um, to the yeah, families yeah. of the Swedish fans. And um Likewise, yeah. um, it was incredibly sad to see that um, that somebody was attacked in Milan. Um, we we had uh, 
I, I went a couple of years ago, I went over to Arsenal um, against Napoli and the Napoli fans absolutely trashed uh, the area around Highbury, smashed up some pretty decent cafes and so on. And um, I was living in London at the time and Italian fans, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, is, is you know, I wouldn't want to trash anybody, but um, I think you'll find that security in Germany is very good. And also that, um, you know, apart from... Uh, being incredibly vociferous and and, and powerful support. Um, basically, uh, there was very little animosity um, between. Um, I, I can't see very much animosity in that in that way. But uh, what you get at Dortmund is more of the sort of um, pyro. Um, the um, uh, you know they, they 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 do the fireworks, the pyros. Um, you probably see a massive choreography, um, and um, yeah, I mean. I wouldn't necessarily say wear the black and white walking around the town, but on the other hand, um, it's it's a pretty welcoming city, Dortmund. Uh, as I said, it's a it's a very working class city, and people are, you know, they're, they're always glad to see uh, the big Champions League's nights and so on. And Newcastle United would be one of the more classic clubs that we haven't seen in Dortmund for a very very long time, um, and uh, people will be very excited to have you over there and and. Uh, just hope you leave the points, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> uh, lots of uh, lots of comments coming in. We're not going to get we're not going to get through them all. Um, the the news breaking um, isn't football related news, but there there is news relating the stack, uh, which uh, looks set to get the go ahead um, as the police have dropped objections. That's the uh, the new fan area, which is going to uh, be developed on Strawberry Place. So. Unfortunately, I don't think that'll be ready for the Dortmund game, but uh, should be ready, I would imagine, for the Christmas period. So uh, uh, that would be in, that would be interesting. Davy Porter says, lads, no ban for Tonali. It was for poker and blackjack. All is good. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, one of the players this afternoon has received a, uh, a seven-year ban um, and a seven-year ban, a seven-month ban. Uh, so we will wait and see what happens with uh, we'll wait and see what happens with Tonali. We, we'll comment on that when we get some kind of news uh, through. Big threats then. Um, who 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 should we be looking at, uh, Ben, in the Dortmund team? Who who's the biggest threat to to Newcastle um, in the first game? I'm just waiting for the the advert break. To be honest, <laughs> well, we've, we've only got five minutes left, and because we're we're all three of us are good talkers, we're going to do it at the end of the show. Now we've got five minutes left. Let's look ahead to the game. You, Give you, us. Yeah, you're well up for the Bundesliga. You're excited. I can see Mel, uh, Melly's there. She's excited to get out to Germany as well, and um, and uh, hopefully we'll all meet up at the Euros, lads, and uh, with the three lions. Fantastic. Um, well, look, I mean, starting off with injuries, Dortmund uh, currently doesn't have uh, very many injuries. Um, the only big player that's currently injured is Thomas Meunier, who some may know, Belgian international defender. Um, but um, basically, in terms of um, players to look out for, um, Nicholas Fulkrug, who's the new uh, striker that's just been bought from Werder Bremen, um, he scored for Germany um, in the international against um, USA. And uh, he's he's on he's on he's on good form. Um, he's new to the club. He's just arrived this summer. Um, as I mentioned before, um, Gregor Kobel, the um, goalkeeper, he's he's uh, an outstanding stopper at the back. Um, as is the back line is basically very solid at the moment with Mats Hummels. I think many of you know um, he's. Um, uh, Schlotterbeck, um, I think, is the is the world class player in Dortmund's uh, lineup right now. Um, 
and uh, also um, um, Julian Brandt, as I said, is is the key player in in centre of midfield. Um, Emre Chan, I think people, as I said, remember him from um, from um, Liverpool. Uh, he also played at um, Bayern Munich and Realm and um, Bayer Leverkusen, and he's he's a very good player and the captain of the side at the moment this season. Um, so, I mean, Dortmund at the moment, I would say in terms of out-and-out leader, um, they're looking to um, Emery Chan. But weirdly, this season, Marco Royce is, um, is is having a really, really good season. And he's already 35. So you'd be pretty surprised um, to see that guys like Mats Hummels, who's, um, I think he's 34 as well, and, uh, and Marco Royce, 35, uh, who are very much they're on one year um one they're one season contracts they're they're very much at the end of their careers um but they're very much leading and um leading the pack um and so essentially it's going to be more of a team effort i think um you see moments of brilliance from julian brandt uh who scores some incredible free kicks um and is basically our our um our best player i would say at the moment along with um Schlotterbeck, um, the Germany international um, left back, and also Gregor Kobel, the goalkeeper. Um, but I mean, I think the thing to watch out for is Dortmund's explosiveness in the last 20 minutes. They basically have the ability to just power on um, uh, in the last minutes. Um, German teams, German players always have an extremely high level of fitness, and they're able to basically. Um, push in uh, at the end when people have written them off, when people are expecting them not to be able to um, basically uh, regain the initiative. So I think it's going to be a much of a, a, a tactical battle in the midfield, um, basically. Um, New, Newcastle and Eddie Howe are basically pushing a lot in um, from the wings. Um, they're, they're looking at, they have very, very innovative tactics, basically, where they tend to... Um, uh, overload the wings and it will be interesting to see how Dortmund handle that in terms of uh, our back line um, and also whether our midfield players can get back and actually do enough of the defending. Um, I, I think at the end of the day um, our midfield is our, our weak spot because of the loss of Julia, uh, Jude Bellingham at the moment. We don't have an out-and-out -out leader which to be fair Melly that's why we're looking for uh, bringing Jaden Sancho back because we reckon that he will be the winger that we need right now. But in terms of Dortmund's weaknesses, um, the wingers right now is a bit of a weakness because um, Jamie Bino-Gittens, um, who's a young English player, um, 18 years old, has not quite come into his own on the on the right wing. And I think um, in terms of pressure points, it's midfield and the wings. Um, and it will be very, very interesting to see how we cope with the kind of pressure uh, and innovative tactics that Eddie Howe seems to be doing. But I mean, for Eddie also, I mean, these are big nights, Champions League's nights. It's not as if he's doing Champions League every other week. And um, I suspect you'll be well prepared, but we will be um, we will be looking to work very much as a team and to try to basically push through in the last 10 minutes um, if, if you haven't scored. Uh, and, and try to win the game. But Dortmund have the ability to really feed off the crowd, uh, whether it's away at home, especially at home, and then the ability to just smash it in the last couple of minutes. Um, and that has been a massive thing going back to Jurgen Klopp and, you know, um, and, and before that. So um, it's, it's all about team effort, basically. There isn't really an individual performer that you need to be looking out for, um, in my opinion. Quick one on Sancho, Melly. To, to, to I was just going to ask. That's exactly what I was going to ask him. 
did you did you um did he end on good terms? Did he uh, did he cause yes. any kind of disruption in your changing no. room? No, no, no. Jaden, I met Jaden when he signed in 2017. He'd just come back from the India World Cup under 17 FIFA World Cup. And um, I met him together with Pierre Marie Obama Young. He gave me an England shirt. And I'm not going to big up him just because he gave me an England shirt and signed it. No, Jaden, I, I, I experienced Jaden uh, as uh, it was at the Christmas party. Dortmund have a Christmas party every year where the fans basically get to meet the players. Um, and. Um, Jaden occurred wow. to me as a very level-headed guy. And to be honest, that's exactly what I think of him and what, what we thought of him. Um, as a fan club, we were actually going to do a mural when he left Dortmund in, in, um, on the Black Prince estate where he grew up uh, in Lambeth. And um, I think we're still planning on doing that if he comes back and signs for us. So Jaden, for me, is a, a very level-headed player. He got on very well in Dortmund. He's a big fan favourite. Um, and I think Dortmund will be prepared to probably pay about £35 million for him. So um, we're I all hoping, fingers crossed, that we're going to get Jaden Sancho back. And he will be very much the leader that he was, even at a very young age in Dortmund, uh, in Dortmund's um, attacking uh, play at the front, uh, on the wing and so on. He... he he was dynamic, he was energetic, he was committed and he didn't have issues with uh, with the club, uh, unlike some of the other players like Pierre-Marie Aubameyang who had to force his leave, Ousmane Dembele who very much had to force his leave at the end. Jaden was was a top guy, I mean, no no issues at all to be fair um, and I've, I've been very uh, disappointed to see the way he's crumbled at, uh, at Man U. I, th I think perhaps, you know, as they say, a prophet's never recognised in his own country and you know, I reckon if Jaden comes back or if he goes out to Juventus or Roma, as has been rumoured, I think he'd do very, very well. Um, at the end of the day, he seems to have an issue with Eric Ten Hag as well. Perhaps that, that could also be the issue. But, um, yeah, we, we will take him straight away. I'll tell you, mate, no questions at all. We'll yeah. take and we'll give you good money as well. We won't give you 60, 70 million for him. I think you it's probably best for The wages, the wages are the issue. Dortmund has a wage yeah. cap of 15 million. Nicolas Sula, who you may remember from um, from Bayern München, he is he's on the highest wages, and that's because he came on a free to the club, and that was a one-off thing. Only other player to earn anything near that has been Marco Royce, who's the absolute you know local legend at the club in recent years, and um, and, and and stellar performer. So it comes down to the money that Jaden Sancho. If Jaden wants to get back in the swing of things, he'll be welcome. He'll be he'll be back in the first eleven at Dortmund, and he'll be earning um, good money. But he certainly will not be earning nearly half as what he's earning at Manchester United. And that's the trouble. I've seen the question come up again, Steve. Uh, players that come to United and we, we seem to break them, but it's not. It, it's it's the money that it's the money that they're given. First off and first most. Um, you know, you, you pay for that. You're paying that. <laughs> you, the fans, are paying those wages, mate. Yeah, no, but, but what, what can you do is. though? They've got you over a barrel. You love a club. You're gonna pay the. You're gonna pay the money to watch them, aren't you? So you yeah. know, it, it, it's down to them getting paid stupid money, and everybody in the look telling them the best things since sliced bread, and then playing at Manchester United Football Club, where every little team again, a comment earlier, all the little teams were their final still, even though we haven't won the league for however many years, and we're still coming to Old Trafford, and that's their cup final, and they perform. And every team plays better against Manchester United than, the, say, for instance, Burnley come to Manchester United. They'll have the best game they've ever had for a while. But take Burnley down to Stoke or wherever, and they'll drop back to being 
the Burnley that they are. It's, it's, it's a known fact, you know. So everybody puts more effort into beating Manchester United, and some players can handle it, and some players cannot. And then with a little bit of criticism or a little bit of uh, dressing room um, shenanigans, you know, it doesn't take long to to start dropping in form, and you know, being in the wrong place, and then you're going home, and before you know it, you're Marcus Rashford. You know, two years ago he had that dip, and that was because he'd fell out with his. Um, his partner and apparently every time he falls out with his partner it affects him on the pitch and it's seen apparently this year again it's happened again and it's shown you know like he was in las vegas and here and there and the you know just before the season started um and it's shown in his form i think these players who are getting paid quarter of a million quid a week a week and then getting told off everybody around them because when you meet them these people they're not gonna go and look you need to do this better you need to do that they'll be saying They'll just be pleased to be in their presence and they'll be like, oh, no, you're the best. So they're constantly being told that they're the best and like everybody else is wrong and you're right. So it's just, I, I think he'd, he'd probably be better off going to Germany, back to Germany. He knows German football inside out. He did well, like you say, he did well. I was uh, under the illusion that there'd been a fallout, which is probably the move. But if you're saying I wasn't, then there wasn't. Um, but I wish him well, you know, like I, I really wanted Jim to do well. Um, more so because he came from, you know, he was in City's Academy and I just wanted him to prove them wrong. Yeah, I like, I, like, I like your thinking there, Melly. I like your thinking. I think that is an issue. And Dortmund have done well out of players that they bought um, from academies such as Jude Bellingham as well and also Jamie Bino-Gittens, who's currently on the radar at Arsenal as well. And I think he'll probably do very well. He'll probably make it to the England team as well. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, look, guys, we can't really knock Jaden. I mean, um, you know, incredible in terms of getting into the England side and so on. And, uh, you know, he will be absolutely gutted to not get into the European Championship side. And so he's looking for first team football. He's in got to move. And I think and I think he'll get it as well. So um, at the end of the day, there's a lot of clubs out there, Roma, uh, Roma are one, uh, Juventus are another, that are looking at Jadon Sancho as an option. And I don't think he's going to hang around for long if he's not wanted. Well, at but I apparently, Tonali's put 30 quid on him joining Juventus. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the news on that is that he's gambling here and at the Federal Prosecutor's Office in Turin is drawn to a close. It lasted around about two hours. Uh, we've had no uh, confirmation uh, about uh, any punishment yet. So um, uh, we will deal with that on tomorrow night's show. And uh, great to see uh, everybody in the chat. Thanks to everybody for uh, your comments and your, your questions. Uh, Jordi Tumbalay says, you've never been so quiet. Well, it's a calibre of guests we've had. Uh, ben, I want to thank you for reaching out, mate. Um, wonderful. And, and just just let people know where they can find you, mate, because uh, people people do like to follow people off this show. And um, I think they'll be more interested in keeping an eye on your work. Where, where can people read? your work and where can people find you well if you just google my name ben mcfadgen you can see uh, quite a lot of articles on there some youtube i've got a youtube channel as well and i think i would encourage you if you want to get to know the bundesliga and you want to get to know dortmund to go to the dortmund uh, fan club london podcast and basically just listen to some of our uh, approaching um, 100 episodes that we've got on there, which mostly are interviews with English-speaking former players of Borussia Dortmund and also some coaches as well, some well-known names in there. And um, just, yeah, some entertaining shows. We talk about Bundesliga football culture. We talk about ticket prices. Uh, we interview players and talk about their careers and their history, their experience over in Germany. And also we get fans as well from Germany and England just contrasting and comparing basically the experience of uh, 
of uh, of, of Bundesliga versus Premier League. Um, I'm never going to knock uh, knock the Premier League, but at the end of the day, you know, you pay for what you get, and you pay a lot less in Germany. And at the end of the day, what can I say? Basically, we love the Bundesliga. You get two it, it may not be. It may be a bit of a farmers league, as you say. Bayern München winning it all. Bayern being the the Manchester United of Germany. But um, but you know, Melly, the problem is, you are Man U. There's only one Man U on this planet, and uh, you're just too spoiled in terms of you've had so many wins, you've had so many titles. You know, um, I was watching the uh, the uh, the replay of the, the um, Premier League. It, yeah, the football's, yeah I mean, the football's been here a lot longer than the Premier League. You know. We, we, the German Bundesliga, do not expect to be the Premier League. But Borussia Dortmund, I tell you, Steve, mate, yeah, you let me know your experience when you come back from Dortmund. You tell me whether that wasn't the dog's bollocks, as they say on Tyneside. That is a really good football experience, and we're looking forward to coming up to St James's Park. You know, this is this is lads, this is what we all love. This is European nights, and it's just an honor and a pleasure to be going up to St James's and. Uh, I'm sure you're feeling the same about coming out to the Westfalen Stadion in Dortmund, and uh, yeah, let's see, mate. Let's see what what turns out. How it. I know you. I know you. I know you're looking for a football match as well. You mentioned it at the top of the show about you playing Liverpool supporters, and you are looking for a game of some description. So oh yeah, yeah. If any if anybody's out there who uh, fancies a game of football against the Dortmund boys, um, I can certainly put you in touch uh, with Ben, and you can get that uh, you can get that game underway. Melly, uh, you've got a bit of a you've got a bit of a race, right. for, haven't you? You scored at the stadium. Right. What's uh, what age is it like, Ben? Oh yeah, we we we've got a we've got an eleven aside team. We've played against a lot of different fan clubs, and uh, last year. What against, age though? Do they range from? Oh oh, uh, the players are between uh, between uh, twenty and and forty five basically. And uh, we played the Chelsea boys last season. We beat them three nil uh, in London, and then the Chelsea Football Club took us down and did a stadium tour with us. And uh, they actually did a cup presentation, and fortunately, Dortmund uh, Fan Club London won it, so we were really <laughs> thrilled. Uh, and we actually have written to Newcastle to ask them whether they do something similar so we can raise some money for kids in South Africa, a project called Borussia Commonwealth out there. But so far, we have I could definitely get a team happen. involved. Like, and I mean, I'll put a black and white strip on for a day, like, if you want. Hey! Lives it hasn't got uh... Melly, I sell her like, on the front. <laughs> you sound like you're from Tyneside, mate. How do you end up supporting Man United? Oh, it's a long story. Going back on Steve's <laughs> podcast, I, I, I must get asked this question five times a day. I'm going to start having a dictaphone on just press and play. <laughs> we'll cover it. We will cover it the next thing. Ben, when will you come, will you come back? with your dad. He's from, <laughs> from Manchester. <laughs> would, you, would you come back on, Ben, after the... Do you fancy coming back on after the game? We'll get you back on, have a chat. Well, don't you forget, Steve, you're on our show uh, next week previewing the Champions League and we're looking forward to hearing some more about the best players to watch out for and also what the Newcastle fans are going to bring to Dortmund, how they're going to... How they're going to rock Dortmund. Yeah, it's uh, it, thrilling. Yeah, love love to come back on. And thanks a lot for the comments. Thanks a lot for the questions. And also enjoy the European Championships. Um, I see Scotland are qualified and I'm hoping that England are going to follow them with a yep. win against Italy. Yeah, well done, Scotland. Uh, well done, John Carver, um, former Newcastle United manager and player, of course. And uh, uh, more breaking news. It's, uh, it's, it's football season starting to pick up again after the international break. Uh, Mike Williamson, the Gated manager, former Newcastle United player, uh, has taken the MK Don's job. 
Ian Watson is going to go with him. That's a big blow for Gateshead. Uh, they've done an incredible job at Gateshead. Um, and uh, brilliant results, brilliant style of play. That's going to be a big blow to our our neighbours, our non-league neighbours. So uh, that's a, another little bit of breaking news. But, uh, okay, folks, fantastic. Uh, Melly, uh, great to have you on as always, mate. Uh, ben, thank you for joining us. And uh, hopefully bump into you uh, a week on uh, Wednesday, mate, for the, uh, for the game. But uh, for now... Thanks for tuning in. I'll play out with those ads that Ben wanted. Thanks very Take much. Care. Take care, Ben. Take care, Ruby. You've got to make some money. <laughs> You're the Premier League. <laughs> Take care, boys. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and Bins. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr. Vicky Sources, Handmade in Cumbria. You can find out more about them from their website, mrviggies.co.uk, or by calling 01768 210102. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And thanks to United Group Travel, UK coach holiday firm based in Mortmouth. There's no strangers on their tours, just people you haven't met yet. They're now taking bookings for 2024. You can call 01670 632 460. 0791-666-4174 or 07957-141-654 or go to the website unitedgrouptravel.com Please subscribe to the channel. Hit the subscribe button underneath the video today. We still do seven shows a week. Hit the thumb up under the video to like it. It does us a big favour. Click share to share to your other social media and let people know about NUFC Matters. We're also a podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. If you want to help the show financially, you can take out a £25 one-off membership. You get a scarf, a pen, a cup and a membership card. How do you get it? Go to nufcmatters.com, look for membership. If you've got a smartphone, then put your smartphone over the QR code and it will take you straight to that section on the website. We also support the food bank on this channel. You can donate to the food bank today by going to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. We do support events on this channel as well. If you've got an event, please send it in and we'll promote it. The Time Theatre and Opera House are doing a Keegan, Beardsley and Waddle event, the Class of 84, 25th of January, 2024. Book now by calling 08 And the Tyneside Irish Centre, they're doing an event with Frank Clark and John Gibson on Thursday, December the 7th. You can get tickets from nufcmatters.com and they are priced at £15. There's also some uh, tickets available on Groupon. Don't forget, you can catch me five days a week, Monday to Friday, with Rye, Dave and Daz on the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. 7 till 9, and you can catch us on The Red, The Toon, and The Cat, and on Toon Radio's website. Watch up us on the day, 030-043-2002, the perfect way to start your day.